Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Aaron O'Toole's leadership faces a crucial vote today. What we have here now is the Reform Act giving the powers to the members of parliament to remove the leader and appoint an interim leader, but that isn't recognized by the Conservative Constitution, which says the only way to start a leadership race is by having the membership vote that they want to have it happen. So they're kind of in a catch-22. More calls for the protest in Ottawa to come to an end. But when those protests appropriate symbols that are nasty, appropriate uh, symbols that are racist, call on violent acts towards the Prime Minister, result in people defecating on the footstep, on the doorsteps of people flying gay pride flags, rainbow flags, that goes too far. That's not legitimate protest anymore. And Quebec scraps its plans to introduce a health tax for the unvaccinated. We'll continue to try to reach those who refuse to receive their first dose. But I'm also worried about the division we see in Quebec. My role is to try to bring Quebecers together to stay united as a people. This is why we won't go ahead with the health contribution. It's Wednesday, February 2nd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. So Aaron O'Toole today faces a secret ballot vote of the caucus on his political future. Uh, And if he doesn't get at least a majority, and some are saying he needs even more than that, but if he doesn't get at least a majority of the Conservative caucus to support him today, he's finished as leader of the party. What what do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, it, it doesn't look good for Mr. O'Toole right now, Mark, uh, from the rumblings uh, that are coming out of the Conservative caucus. I mean, all the major media organizations have been able to talk to MPs, uh, a lot of whom are, are saying they're go- they don't think there should be a leadership change and that they are going to vote to keep uh, Aaron O'Toole as leader. Uh, but a disturbing uh number are also willing to vote to kick him out and to move on to, well, who knows, there is a process that would be uh, kicked in immediately and uh, a process that would eventually lead to the naming of a new conservative leader, but that's not going to be overnight. And uh, I think uh, the conservatives, no matter how the vote goes today, are in for a fairly prolonged period of uncertainty about who's leading them and, and what they stand for. Yeah, and already, and, and perhaps this is a sign of how many people feel the vote is going to go, there's already speculation about who the next leader would be and even questions being asked. Jason Kenney, the Premier of Alberta, was asked yesterday. Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, was asked yesterday if he was interested in the job. They both said no. Uh, people are talking about Pierre Poiliev, the MP. Uh, and uh, and uh, what what do you think about... This isn't just about Aaron O'Toole and his leadership. It's also about the direction of the party, clearly, because the criticism of O'Toole by the people who oppose him is that he uh, took the party too close to the center and that they need someone who is more of a conservative, right? Sure. And 
And yet, again, there has to be a discussion about what it means to be a conservative, which is not what it used to mean. It's not uh, a conservative in 2022, uh, let's say, post-Donald Trump. A conservative is no longer a person who wants to go very carefully on the reform of society and finance and, and the law. Uh, a conservative now is somebody who wants to go out and fight against uh, uh, communists in our midst or, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, against vaccines or against uh, vaccine mandates, against, uh, you know, uh, rational media coverage. It's, it's a whole spectrum of other issues now. And the many, 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 I think probably the majority of members of the Conservative Party of Canada who are the sort of small-c conservative folks who want to do incremental change and uh, take care of business in a careful and and well-thought-through way are kind of being uh, drowned out by the roar of all this other stuff. And uh, so, you know, the party itself is really at a in a dangerous situation right now. If the really strident, radical uh, people, the ones who are walking around amid that mob uh, in front of Parliament Hill and and uh, kissing up to these uh, uh, you know these extremist elements with the swastikas and the upside down Canadian flags, if those are the people that are going to end up running Conservative Party, that party has no future. Uh, as a popular or alternative government in Canada. So somewhere along the line, the party has to fish or cut bait on that regard, decide who it is all over again, the same way it did back when Stephen Harper and the others amalgamated the two parties, and decide what it means, decide what it's about, and present that to Canadians. Because right now, Canadians could be forgiven for not understanding what that party is about at all. All right, we'll see what happens with the vote. Uh, one last thought on that, Dan, and that is this is um, this is using the, the Reform Act that was brought into play, uh, this, this mechanism that's happening today, a caucus vote. Uh, there, there were many people who felt that there was too much power in the hands of the leader of the party and not enough power in the caucus, in the members of parliament. This is, this is a little bit like what has happened a number of times in the United Kingdom, where Leaders have been replaced by the caucus. Uh, so it's interesting from that perspective to see this coming into play, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, while I think the Reform Act, I mean, to give the Conservatives credit, they're the only ones that seem to take that bill or that law seriously. Uh, and But the benefit of the Reform Act is that it does lay out these processes uh, to uh, to challenge the leadership of a party uh, and to resolve it. I mean, they can go through the caucus or they can go through a national convention route um, using the, the Conservatives' own party constitution. So those those choices are still there for the caucus to follow, but it looks like um, the people who are uh, frustrated with Aaron O'Toole's leadership are already uh, in the lead and that this caucus remedy is the one that's being uh, favored at the moment. Yeah. All right, let's turn to the protest in downtown Ottawa, and uh, it's interesting to see how opinions have developed over the course of the several days now since it started. Uh, Doug Ford, the Ontario Premier, yesterday was saying it was time for the protest to end and for the people of Ottawa to be left alone, uh, to go about their daily business. 
Um, so that's the stand he's taken on it. Um, the, the police in Ottawa have faced some criticism for not doing more to stop the protests from blocking the way of, of Ottawa residents. Um, what do you think happens next uh, with, with this demonstration uh, about a wide range of things? It's about much more than, than the original intent. So where do we go from here? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we totally understand uh, what the actual demonstration is about. Uh, you know, there there is a lot of, uh, you know, people who feel that it's really still about vaccine mandates. Um, I, I think it's gone far, far, far beyond that. You, you know, you don't have to um, def- uh, deface the National War Memorial to make a point about vaccine mandates. Uh, you don't have to go around harassing people on the street or barging into restaurants or the Rideau Center and trashing things in order to make a statement about vaccine mandates. Um, you know, there's uh, obviously, and, and, and I mean, Mark, let's think back to previous sort of left-wing demonstrations, you know, that that have attracted a really nasty, violent sub uh, uh, subgroup of people in the Black Bloc or these anarchists who show up at every, you know, peaceful march and uh, and cause trouble for the peaceful people who just want to go and, and express their opinions. This particular one seems to be just absolutely saturated with troublemakers of that sort. And, um, you know, so I understand the, the police wanting to be cautious, but, Mark, from the perspective of being outside the National Capital Region and watching it on the news... A lot of us are shaking our heads and going, what are the police doing? Is this just now carte blanche for everybody who wants to go clog the streets of the national capital and, and take the place over? Uh, you know, there has to be a message emerging from this, and it has to be a message that uh, backs up the idea of, of uh, the government exerting control in the civil society that we all are supposed to respect. I mean, the law is the law. And it has to apply to everybody. And uh, that's that's the problem. This has gotten out of hand. And the Ottawa police just appear to have no clue about how to respond anymore. Mm. All right. Finally, Dan, uh, the Quebec government is backing away from the idea of uh, uh, attacks on the unvaccinated, um, which I, I, I think most people agree wouldn't have gone very far uh, if, if it had been introduced by the government. But... Um, it, it is noteworthy, I think, in the context of, of just how far governments are willing to go, or at least willing to consider going, uh, in, in enforcing vaccines during uh, this long, this prolonged pandemic. So what's your reaction to that? Well, uh, you know, it was controversial at the time. Uh, you know, Legault obviously was maneuvering for political advantage as well. I mean, Let's face it, uh, you know, uh, Francois Legault is a very astute uh, politician. He's very successful. He has high approval ratings in Quebec. And he plays the polls and the currents of public uh, sort of uh, opinion, as well as anybody that I know of on the provincial scene. And um, so obviously this wasn't going over well. Their polling, I think, must have been showing them that people felt it was a bit too far. 
and um, and it, and there were all kinds of questions. Was it even legal? Was it constitutional? Uh, was it only floated out there to make some sort of a rhetorical point about the need for uh, social cohesion on the vaccine side? Um, but you know what? It kind of comes off a little bit sounding like, well, I'm afraid of what happened in Ottawa and I don't want it to happen here, so therefore I'm going to back down um, and fold my cards. So I'm not sure which it is. I suspect it's a little bit of both um, because he's talking about social cohesion, which he wouldn't even bother saying in another province, but it, it is a, an important matter in Quebec. And uh, and they obviously feel that they're not... Uh, that the idea wasn't going over well enough to be effective. So, mm. um, you know, I don't know if it was a good idea or not. We're not going to see how it actually would have worked out. But uh, that type of idea is now on the table, Mark. And other governments, I think, in the future will look at that type of concept uh, if we're in a similar situation in the future. All right, Dan, great to have your thoughts on all of this. Thank you. Okay, Mark. That's Dan Legere, a longtime political writer and broadcaster. What I'm hearing, and it's my understanding, is that the there was a sort of flurry of events in the last week that really pushed people to push for this letter and to push for this vote. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Adam Zivo argues Aaron O'Toole's divisive leadership style has come back to haunt him. Zivo writes, O'Toole tried to be everything to everyone and in the process, turned off a lot of conservatives. His caucus is revolting against him. And he has only himself to blame. His leadership style has been lackluster and divisive. A stronger leader would have the capacity to listen to constituents and find ways to assuage their concerns. That kind of principled empathy is more difficult than simply smearing opponents, which is precisely why it is a trait of a good leader. In the Toronto Star, Robin Sears argues Aaron O'Toole's detractors should be very careful what they wish for. Sears writes, O'Toole's efforts to nudge the party to the mainstream of politics failed as a result of his inability to wield a credible stick. This is not tenable for a leader seeking to stare down internal rivals. But the rebels would be wise to reflect on what they wish for. A Pierre Poilievre-led party would probably do worse than any leader since Kim Campbell. They will rue the day they unseated yet another Tory leader. The presumptive heir will not only fail to lead them to the promised land, he will take many who joined the conspiracy down with him. At TVO.org, John Michael McGrath argues the real mass movement isn't the convoy camped out in Ottawa. McGrath writes... We cannot let the loud minority drown out the vast majority of people working to get us to the finish line. Police estimate the crowds on Parliament Hill fell somewhere between 5,000 and 18,000. You could double that, and that would still be a fraction of the number of people who received vaccines on the weekend in Ontario alone. When this is all over, the people who have done their best to make this pandemic worse will still be among us, and they will find ways to make their voices heard. But the final victory will not belong to them. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will virtually attend the Liberal Caucus meeting and question period. This evening, he will speak at the Canadian Black Scientists Network's virtual Black Excellence in STEM conference. Environment Minister Stephen Gilbeau 
will hold a news conference to make an announcement for the Kitaskino Nuenene Wildland Park. Tourism Minister Randy Boissonneau will make a virtual announcement to support electric vehicle charging infrastructure. And the Senate Committee on Banking, Trade and Commerce will hear from the Governor of the Bank of Canada, Tiff Macklem, on the January 2022 Monetary Policy Report. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, February 2nd. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.